Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Monday, 24th of October, one minute past 10 p.m. How is everyone doing today? The Montreal Canadiens were not in action today. They will be in action tomorrow night when they host the Minnesota Wild. The Canadiens will be in Buffalo on Thursday. They'll be in St. Louis on Saturday night. But uh, the thing that everyone's been talking about, of course, we found out about a week ago that Carey Price would speak to members of the media today. He did so at around noon. And it was funny because I was looking at social media before the 12 p.m. press conference and there was some talk. Some people were saying Carey Price is going to retire today. And I was scratching my head saying, my God, I thought everyone would have known the way it works by now. When you are on the LTIR, well, you end up being paid by the insurance company. If you retire, you're basically forfeiting that money, and you're saying, you know what? You can stop the payment here. I'm retiring. I'm no longer an active player in the National Hockey League. I'm no longer on long-term injury reserve. My case is closed. My file is closed. And then all of a sudden, if that player is owed $30 million, Well, he doesn't touch it. So what do they do when they're on long-term injured reserve, even if they know that they're going to retire, even if it's 99.9% or even if it's 100%, even if they're unofficially retired, what they do is they tell you that right now they have a lot of pain. They'd love to come back, but they can't come back right now. They're continuing with their rehab. We'll see what happens. Maybe right now it's not going well. Maybe at one point they'll revisit. There's an operation to be done or they don't want to get operated. And, you know, the major reason why Shea Weber didn't speak last year and some members of the media were upset, uh, include me among one of those who was upset because I thought Shea Weber should have been last season at opening night at the Bell Center. I thought it was a respect thing. I thought he owed it to the fans. I thought the fans wanted to see him. I thought he should have been around more often. I thought he should have done interviews. The night that they paid tribute to Guy Lafleur after his passing, I thought he should have been there. The Canadians didn't want Shea Weber around last year. They thought that the whole long-term injury reserve thing was a uh, a hot potato. They didn't want to touch it. They didn't want him to say anything that could negatively affect the process. But a lot of members of the media and a lot of fans were upset about it. So what did they do? 
they learned from it. And they said, Gary, you're going to have to speak. And it's important that you speak to the fans because the fans want to hear from you. You're a very important part of this team, have been for the last 15 years. You're an idol to many. You have to speak. So Carrie Price spoke. And of course, you would think that they sat down with him and they told him, Carrie, you're probably going to be asked this. And Carrie, get ready for this. And Carrie, get ready for that. And Carrie was ready for everything today. And he was great. And he looked great. He was candid. He was honest. He answered the questions. He told us how he was feeling. He has pain. He has pain. And in case you missed it, he talked about how frustrating it is. Let's hear from Montreal Canadiens goaltender, Carrie Price. It's frustrating, no question. Um, you know, it's like you go from, you know, being in the Stanley Cup final to be sitting here today, and it's a pretty short amount of time, but, you know, it's uh, it's not a position I envisioned myself being in and not too long ago, so it's... Uh, it's it's been a it's been a emotional roller coaster for myself and uh you know but uh you know at the end of the day I've had my family there my kids my wife have been you know very supportive and my family at home and you know every fan that I've had an interaction with you know over the last you know year and a half has been you know just overwhelmingly positive so I'm really thankful for that and there you have it all right okay so Uh, There's Carey Price on the whole frustration, and it hasn't been easy, obviously not. The SICK Podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group from warehousing, customs, brokerage, and transportation consulting. Energy Transportation Group has you covered. To all of you that are watching us right now on YouTube, tell your friends about the SICK Podcast and have them subscribe. Um, and we really appreciate it. To all of you watching on Twitter, to all of you watching on Facebook Live, I'm looking at some of your messages right now. Uh, Joseph Felice is saying, good evening. Good evening, Joseph. Uh, Carly Price is saying, good evening, everyone. Carly, good evening. Love you, Tony. Best sports podcast is coming in from Demetrios. Thank you, Demetrios. Having said that, look, you know me, and I'm an open book, and I'm transparent. There were a couple of comments that came in on social media apps, whether you're listening on Google Spotify, on Google uh, Podcast or Spotify or Apple, that were not overly complimentary. So a couple of people got upset with me for a couple of reasons. Number one, number one, they said they don't like me saying the scores. Well, folks, I'm sorry. It's a live podcast. And some of you right now uh, probably don't know the scores. Some of you probably don't have the channel. Some of you probably are not watching. Some of you are curious. And uh, so I'm going to tell you the scores that are going on in the National Hockey League. And if you don't want to hear them, well, then that's too bad. Okay, so on that one, I don't think you're right. On another note, some of them um, said that they'd rather me get right away to the sports talk and leave all the other stuff maybe for later on. And they want sports, sports, sports and stuff like that. Now, look, uh, I appreciate the input. Uh, Really, I do. It's my show. I try to make it a show uh, for the people as well. Uh, I'm going to, you know, try and put a little bit of water in my wine, as they say, and try and give you what you want as as much as I can. But there are some things that I'm going to do. But what I will do is I'm going to get rid of all the sports talk at the beginning. I'm going to give you your sports fix. And then if I want to talk about something else for about 30 seconds or so, 
I'll maybe save it to a little bit for a little bit later on. All right, okay. And this way, I think everyone will be happy because you know what? Um, I think it's a pretty good podcast, and for the most part, our comments have been great. But there were two of them, and I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. I'm not going to lie to you. I want what's best for me. I want what's best for my podcast, for Agnello, for Sammy. We uh, we try our best. It doesn't mean we're perfect, but we're going to try to be. We're going to try to be as perfect as we can. So on that note, if you do like the podcast and what you're going to hear over the next hour, what you'll hear tomorrow, what you hear the rest of the week, we go weeknights. We start at 10 p.m. If you want to leave us a five-star review, we will definitely appreciate it for sure on Google, on Spotify, on Apple. All right, the Sick Podcast brought to you in part by 8.6 Beer, intense by nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. It looks something like this. There you have it, 8.6 Beer. The red one, by the way, is 7.9% alcohol. Okay, speaking of sports, Carey Price, he was asked about what the goal is for him. He told us earlier today. Let's listen in. Well, we'll have to, uh, you know, like to kind of really just take it step by step. I don't, uh, you know, I don't have like a plan to retire right at this moment. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, right now my goal is to just be pain-free from day to day. You know, I'm still having some issues getting up and down stairs and, you know, carrying my kids up and down stairs is, uh, is difficult. So my first priority is just to get my body in a, in a place to where I'm pain-free in my day-to-day living and go from there. All right. Someone just commented, actually, it's uh, Jimmy Cristo that 30 or 40 million more uh, going to carry price is actually the goal. Folks, listen, he's made a lot of money. There's no doubt about it that he's not going to say no to the money and he'll stay on the LTIR and the insurance will pay for it. But, uh, you know, I definitely believe him when he says that the goal is to be pain-free because when you're living uh, with pain in your life and when you're living with it at a young age, like he's 35 and has been living it for some time, it's not fun. It really isn't. And let's not forget, you know, it was uh, just over a year ago that Carrie entered the NHL Player Assistance Program. And when you have a lot of physical pain, There's a lot of things that you can turn to to alleviate the pain. Uh, And uh, so, you know, if he has pain, you don't want him playing through pain because it not only hurts him physically, it could hurt his mental well-being. It could hurt his overall health. It could hurt everything. Speaking of the injuries, he was asked, was it one big injury or has this been going on for some time? He said it comes with the job. Listen in. Yeah, I think that all started from, you know, probably about eight years old. <laughs> eight years old. It's, uh, it's a demanding uh, position on, uh, on a body, especially in your, uh, as you get older in your mid-30s. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a progression, you know. Like I've had like ankle issues, hip issue, back issue, and like the older you get, you just don't recover from that as well. And I think it's just like an accumulation of, uh, of playing hard for a long time. All right, a little bit surprised uh, with some of the messages that I'm getting saying that Carey Price stayed for the bag and the bag being the money and stuff like that. Folks, uh, he is, and everyone would, and you would too. Uh, you know, let's let's be honest here. And, um, you know, he's what he's going through 
comes with the position like he talked about, and it's not easy. Uh, Tony, uh, your NFL pick is not doing so good. No, my picks over the last two or three days are not doing so good at all. And I had a chance to take the New England Patriots on the money line, and I believe like they were an eight-point favorite. And right now they're down 23-14 with nine minutes left in uh, the third quarter. Uh, I'm not really happy about that. As for the National Hockey League, we'll get that out of the way right away. Ottawa doubled up on Dallas by a score of 4-2. to two. Washington doubled up on New Jersey by a score of 6-3. to three. Edmonton is up 5-3 on Sid the Kid and the Pittsburgh Penguins with 13 minutes to go in period number three. Winnipeg holds a 1-0 lead on St. Louis with 12 minutes left to go in the third. And there's a couple of late starts. Toronto and Vegas are scoreless. They're about three minutes in. And Carolina and Vancouver get started in about uh, 20 minutes time. Without further ado... He is a regular collaborator on the SICK podcast every Monday. He'll join us when the Canadians aren't playing. And if they are playing, we'll try and find some time for him on another night. They're not playing tonight. They'll play tomorrow when they host Minnesota from Sportsnet. Eric Engels. Eric, how are you? I'm good, Tony. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. And uh, that's why uh, we got you on right away here as much as as early as we could. Uh, okay, uh, where do you want to start? Because you said we have a lot to talk about. So what's the one thing uh, out of everything that was said today, everything you heard that most caught your attention that you believe is the most important? And we'll get to it right away. You know, what? I'm going to try and speak succinctly, which is not my forte. I tend to run on a little bit. So forgive me if I do. But I'm, I think I'm, still, I'm still looking up succinctly, but you can go ahead. Yeah, yeah no, I... <laughs> I just think what's interesting is, you know, we're often told to not only think about what people say, but how they say it. And I think everybody was so focused on how Carey Price said what he said today. Um, and it's it's ironic that I would suggest that what he said was more important. Um, it was great to see him in what was better spirits than we've seen him with the media potentially ever. Um, you know, he was calm. He was cool. He was relaxed. He was joking. He was open. He was an open book. Yeah, um, which was rare, not something we saw from him in his playing days. Um, and it's easy to get wrapped up in that and say, here's a guy that's at peace no matter what happens. Um, but I think when you listen to what he said and listen to the messaging, mm-hmm. he's anything but at peace. Um, he's he's unresolved in terms of his knee situation, and it's frustrating for him. And he talked about the emotional wear of the last year and a half mm-hmm. and how it's been a roller coaster as he termed it. And you know, I just think it's so easy to draw the conclusion, okay, this guy's at peace, but he, he's not, you know, and, and it's it's kind of an interesting contrast with what his teammates have always said about him, that he's calm and cool and he's so calm. And he's got this calming influence. And when I asked him today what went into preparing for those games over the playoff run that we know he was playing injured, I, I really was referring to the physical and he went straight to the mental, talking about how much pressure was on him and how he had to deal with that. And and so things are not always what they seem. And I, I think, you know, for Kerry, who talked about needing a miracle to be able to resume his playing career and how badly he would like to be able to do that, um, it's clear to me that, you know, peace is still a goal for him in his life and that he's not quite there. And it's a hard thing for him to process at 35 years old to have his career uh, seemingly coming to an end at a time that he doesn't want it to. So that was really what stood out to me during the press conference today, aside from the fact that, Honestly speaking, Tony, uh-huh. I've covered this guy for his entire career, and that's 15 years of going to press conferences for the Canadians. And I can on- honestly say I can't count on one hand where I walked out uh, feeling like that was one of the best press conferences I've ever been to, not just in terms of Price's dialogue and what he said and the content of it. I thought 
And I'm going to give a pat on the shoulders to the guys in the media, everybody, and the, and the, and the young women who work there as well. Um, every question that went his way was a really pertinent, good question. And I, I just, mm-hmm. I, it might've been the best press conference I've attended in 15 years there. And I, I don't know if that seems hyperbolic. I don't know what your opinion is or what the fans think about it. Cause they listen to all of them. Well, well really you know what? I have an, I have an, I have an interesting question for you though. Okay. Sure. Having said all of that and you're right about everything you said, and it was great to see him and in the spirits that he was, but there, you know, it is unresolved. Um, you have some inside information. Um, I have some inside information. Is there anything that you heard today that you didn't know? Only one thing, which is that he contemplated, he's, he said that he hasn't given up his goal of winning a Stanley cup, uh, in whatever capacity that might be. He hinted at the fact that it might not be as a player, which is, the first I've ever heard of him talking about anything like that. Um, nothing else really came as too much of a surprise. I thought our colleague Arpin Basu did a phenomenal job uh, in getting to him before anybody did a, a week ago or, or a week or so ago to mm-hmm. discuss the technical elements of what the procedure is that he was facing um, and why it's totally untenable for him to try and go down that road to resume his career. But yeah, to hear him, open to the idea and i jokingly said oh you know we saw you shoot around quite a bit it would be interesting to see you come back as a forward or defenseman um but obviously i knew what he meant which is that he might contemplate working in management or potentially as a goaltending coach and that to me is something i never would have considered before him saying that today all right Uh, speaking of the surgery a surgery that has not taken place yet um you know for those who are wondering what it is exactly and what it entails well carrie's not a doctor but he's done his homework and obviously consulted with doctors and he gave us a pretty good explanation of what needs to be done and why he hasn't done it yet. Uh, let's go to this, uh, to the surgery. Let's hear about it. Surgery is called oats. Uh, our pen can probably give you the insight on what it's all about now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, uh, basically they're taking a plug of uh, cartilage and bone from a low wear area in your knee and placing it in the, in the cartilage damaged area. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty serious. And, uh, you know, the success rate is, you know, above 50%. And, you know, from a pessimistic perspective, it's like, well, you know, there's 50% chance that it could not work or 30% chance or whatever. But, you know, it's, uh, something, unless I was in dire need of it, you know, to get through my life is something that, uh, you know, maybe I would consider at that point, but you know, right now it's, I got, I'm looking at my young kids and being able to play with them, you know, on a day to day is, uh, is the most important thing for me. Long story short, if the doctor tells him, Carrie, 99.99% success rate, you're going to be fine. If you have this surgery, you're going to go back to play and uh, you're not going to have any or much pain for the rest of your life. He's doing it. But he was given probably a 50-50 here or there, maybe a 60-40, maybe a 40-60. And he's looking at it saying, all right, okay. And there could be repercussions later on. And he's saying it's not worth it. And um, like he basically said today, Eric, uh, I, I think I can speak for yourself in saying that you believe that Carey Price is unofficially retired. Would that be fair? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't specifically use that terminology if only for the fact that it completely closes the idea that he could return. One thing's for sure, he's not using this surgery as an opportunity to return. He didn't even mention it in the context of playing again. He talked about it in the context of easing the discomfort that he's in on a daily basis. And it's not he's not in so much discomfort that he's rushing to do it right now. But the idea that he'd have this surgery, which has a 50-50 success rate, and then use his knee as a springboard as you normally would have to do in the butterfly yeah. position up and down, popping up and down for practices, games, and all that stuff. I don't even think that's a possibility on the table, which is why he said what he's really looking at in terms of potentially resuming his career is that rest and physical rehabilitation, physio, whatever it may be, uh, could put him in a position a year from now where he could start training to the level you need to train at as a professional athlete and then go about the possibility of where that takes him in terms of playing again. So, it, like, yeah, I mean, you want to say he's figuratively retired. It's it's a more realistic way of looking at it, and I think it's the way Kerry's looking at it too. As far as, the, you know, the question about the money's concerned, you know, here's a guy who's talking about the fact that he doesn't even want to go into the rink and take away space on the trainer's table from a current player, um, not wanting to be a burden. I could promise you that Kerry Price is – like all of the rest of us, is not, you know, shying away from $31 million owed to him. He's going to collect that money. But the idea, I guarantee you, one of the reasons why he's uncomfortable and not particularly at peace, that he's just going to collect a paycheck and be happy to do that, um, is is to suggest that you don't know anything about Carey Price. Um, you know, knowing that he doesn't want to be a burden in any type of way, that's one way he doesn't want to be a burden in terms of just getting paid to not be able to play. Um, I, I, I promise you, uh, for anybody who doesn't really know this guy, if there was anything he could do to get back, he would do it. Did you ever see the footage of when he returned from the Olympics gold medal around his neck? And um, he, he not returned, actually. It was right after the game, right, where he's in the hallway with his dad and he hugs his dad. And you see the emotions. If If you think that this guy is not all about winning, I mean... Look, athletes are, and there are some who don't love the game as much as others and love the game because of what comes with the game and not actually because of playing. There are some, all right? Carey Price loves to win hockey games. He loves to win at every level, and he would have loved nothing more to win at the National Hockey League level. Like you said, Eric, let's put the cards on the table. He's not going to say no to $31 million. You wouldn't. I wouldn't. And Jimmy, who's on YouTube live right now, who's criticizing him for taking the bag or taking the money, wouldn't say no to $31 million either. Yeah, right? let's, make because- a, let's make another key point here because if Carey Price had come out today and said, I'm retiring, the Canadians would be $11 million over the salary cap. Correct. So, <laughs> it's, it's not completely selfish of him to not be going down that road right now but you know I, again i i understand the way people view this it's just you got to know who this guy is and what he's all about and to hear him talking about the fact that he has the most incredible resources available to him he doesn't live far from brossard he'd like to be there on a daily basis working with the trainers mm-hmm. and not wanting to take up their time i, I could promise you he doesn't he also doesn't want to be collecting a paycheck and not doing anything to earn it so it, it's yeah Yes, he's not going to turn away from that money, but that's got very little to do with yeah. what the. I mean, I shouldn't say it's got very little. It's part of it. It's you can't divorce that yeah. part of it 
but it's it's not the the raison d'être for Carrie. No, Price. no, it's not. And, and at the same time, though, I will say this, Eric. He's also I, earned fifty million on this specific yes, contract, and yes. a lot before that as well. So he's okay. yes, yes, yeah, no, no, he was okay even without the thirty. But obviously, the thirty is going to make things a little bit easier going forward. Uh, I'm sure his kids will be able to uh, to appreciate it. Um, he's he also made it pretty clear. I mean, the wear and tear on his body, right, Eric? I, you know, once again, he said he's holding out for a miracle. All right. Uh, you would think that deep down inside, he probably doesn't think the miracle is going to happen. And he's, you know, this has been going on since he was eight years old. So playing the goalie position, eight years old, getting down in that butterfly, the lateral movements. And, you know, he talked about it. You know, he's got leg injuries. He's got knee injuries. He's got hip injuries. He's got groin injuries. He's got back injuries. He's got uh, muscle aches. He's got, it's affected everything right it's affected everything and i think you know he's pretty smart to also know that this pain is is just it's it's it might subside it might get better but it will just never go away right completely and to be able to play and then recover to get ready for the next game he knows what he's going through right now and like he said it's going to take a miracle eric yeah, like I said, I, like I said, I, I think the prospect of living with that pain and the prospect of his career being unresolved and the fact that he has set this goal to win a Stanley Cup and has probably never failed really at anything in his life um, to get so close like he did, you know, a, a couple of years ago and how painful that must have been. He has not. I, I asked him specifically, you know, you seem at peace, but are you? And he said, I, it takes a long time to digest this. And he's had a long time off. So he hasn't fully yet. And, and yes, he's thankful for the time he has his, with his family and his children and his wife, Angela, and uh, for all the support that he has from Canadians fans and his family back home. And I know that during training camp, you know, he, he left for a little bit and spent some time with his father. You know, I, I just feel for the person. Yeah. Um, knowing him, I covered him his entire career, as I mentioned him, and I, you know, get to know him about as well as he allowed us to, which isn't very well at all. Um, but, but, you know, in certain moments, I've had some great moments with him, some that are, to me, the most memorable and, and uh, some that I had. There's a couple of personal moments I'll keep to myself that, honestly, they were some of my proudest moments as a journalist working there, and they involved Carey Price. And, um, you know, he, he has reached out and, and said thank you for a couple of things I've done over the years and that that's meant the world to me to know that, you know, at one point or another, I felt, you know, he felt that I was telling his truth. I just think this guy is is an A1 guy, but he's also what's really been shown over the last couple of years with what he went through last year and going to uh, a rehabilitation facility is how he has been superhuman as a hockey player, but totally human over the last couple of years and shown that humanity and, uh, and, and in that served as such a role model for so many different people, Tony. I, I was with Brendan Gallagher today. Yeah, talking to him, hoping that, you know, some of the things he said would would be injected into my piece. And I ended up putting them out on Twitter. You know, one of the things he said is you go okay, back. But would, would you mind if yeah. I bring up one of them? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Go for Let's it. go for it. Here we go. To me, there's no doubt when you talk about the impact that he's had, you talk about the success that he's had. When you came to the game, people came to watch Carey Price play. That's not something usual. People want to see goals. People want to see excitement. 
but he was flashy and exciting, and at the same time, calm and poised. He's done everything to deserve it. Obviously, it would have been nice to have won a Stanley Cup, and then there wouldn't be an argument. He got us there. It's hard to say, but it would be fair to say he'd have gotten us there another time if he hadn't been hurt in the 2014 Conference Final. He just did so much throughout his career. I think you look at the names and the jerseys up there. I understand all the cups. People came specifically to see those players. Pricey was that guy people came to see. It's an interesting comment. It's obviously a comment that for some is 100% true. For others, they might think it's biased. It's a teammate going to bat for another teammate. And I completely understand that. Eric, I'm going to give you my opinion just before wanting to hear yours, if you don't mind. With all due respect to Carey Price, I've never been one of those guys to want to pay to watch a goaltender. Even though when I was a young teenager, we used to play ball hockey and everyone was Steve Penny at one point one uh, during one season. Uh, I've always liked offensive players. I like Lafleur because he scored 50. I liked Richet because he scored 50. I like Cole Caulfield because I'm hoping one day he'll score 50. And I kind of do my show like they did their show, and that's on the attack. Having said that, his comment is true. There are people that went to the Bell Center to watch Carey Price play. That's true. There's no question it's true, and for you know, a fair portion of Carey Price's career, he was the reason to go to the Bell Center to watch the Canadians play, um, and justifiably so. I would even take it a step further to suggest that for as excited as people were to go to the opening game and see Uri Slavkovsky and Caden Gooley and Arbor Jacki and Jordan Harris and the kids on the Canadians and then playing Toronto uh, home opener, I will guarantee you that there were a number of people in attendance purely because they found out that Carey Price was going to be there and that he would be introduced with the players and wanted to pay their respects to him. Same way, I think tickets for the last five games of last season probably were the best sold uh, of any games that they played last year when he was a part of them and he was playing. Um, You know, that is the certain mystique of Carey Price. And I was on your podcast early on in your tenure year here, maybe it was a couple months ago or a little less, where I said, you know, I don't know if a Jersey retirement is fitting for Carey Price, um, just because when you look at the names that are up there and what they've Mm -hmm. accomplished, it's hard to put him on the same pedestal. I suggested there may be a statue outside the Bell Center for someone like him and someone like Zach McCoy, who made a lot of sense to me. But I got to say, to Brendan's credit, he's come up with one of the best arguments you could possibly make to subvert that whole reality that he doesn't have the cups, he doesn't have those accolades, but the personal success he had and what he meant to the franchise and to the fans uh, in the modern era, um, if you were going to make an argument for retiring his jersey, it's it's as good of an argument as you could possibly make. It's a good argument, but for some, they still won't view that as a prerequisite, right? Going to watch somebody play – Right, I you know a lot of people went to watch Kovalev play too. You're going to retire. Well, put, put put another way, he was the Canadians for his era. He basically was. He, he was, was the reason to to tune into them and justify they, they, because they, he they, was unbelievable. He 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 was. 
I, I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this debate, by the way. I don't want to sound insensitive to what uh, I don't think his jersey should be retired. So I'm going to say it right away. Okay. Yeah, and I'm not going to backtrack on my, on my no, opinion. No, I, understand I think, that. I think yeah. maybe like a statue could be yeah. more fitting of him. Obviously, but. he was a great goaltender at one point in time for a couple of years. He the winningest. The winningest in Canadians history. That's yes. another it, thing to remember. But that that can happen when you have longevity too, for sure. Okay, mm-hmm. which is, but um, I yeah. Just, but you know what? Hold on, hold on. We should we should get to that for a second because since we are debating it, yes, he had longevity more so than Jacques Plante, who we passed on the list um, in terms of how many games it took him to get to 314 wins and become that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did not play behind Jacques Plante's Canadians. He is also the, lose, the longevity on the other side of it is he is the losingest goaltender in Canadians history. Um, I hear he, you. You know, I, I just don't but think... If we're going to retire his game. jersey because people yeah. came to watch him play... No, but we, part of the... Part we might as reason. well retire Kovalev's and P.K. Subban's too. Yeah, no, but part of the reason, like just in terms of what he meant to the franchise is more what Brandon was saying. And, and I hear you. That he was appointment appointment television and appointment viewing at the Bell yes. Center. I will say this, though, because I, I did want to tell you, I was, I, and this didn't make it to Twitter or, or to my column today. Tell me. That talking with Brandon, I, I asked Brandon, mm-hmm. what was Terry going through to play those games in 2021 in the Cup run? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think you'll agree, Tony, it might have been the best. If it wasn't 2014 and the Vezina season, you know, some of the games he played over that Cup run were some of the best goaltended games I've ever seen in the National Hockey League. The like, overtime versus Toronto reminded me of Patrick Roy's overtime at Madison Square Garden versus the New York Rangers back in 1986. Oh, in game six where he made like 10 saves before before Kakaniemi scored. I think I the mean, shots were 13-2 at that point, if they, memory serves me. Yeah, right. that sounds about right. And Jake Allen yeah. today was talking about just like watching what he did in the Vegas series, clearly getting in those guys' heads and in game two, which they won and came back to the series and save on Mark Stone in game three. And I mean, asking Brendan, like, what was he, we know now that he was playing through a lot of pain. Like mm-hmm. we know, yeah. But what was he doing to get, cause I know that what Shea Weber was doing to get ready for games was ridiculous. Um, and Brendan said, this, this sounds cliche because we always say, oh, first guy at the rank, last guy to leave. Yeah. But nobody was beating Kerry to the rink and, and the amount of time he spent on the trainer's table during that time and the exercise the activation that he had to do yeah. just to get ready for a game and how much work he put in after practices and game day skates just to be prepared to play that two to three hours at night and do what he did. Um, injections, that, injections too, uh, Eric. Yeah. Cortis, injections, cortisone it, shots. It's, it, it's something that will always stick with Brendan. And, yeah. and when you talk to a guy like Brendan Gallagher and know what he's played through over his career, yeah, that says a lot. And so yeah. I, that's it was an angle I wanted to explore with Kerry. He didn't really get into it. He said, "Yeah, uh, pretty much just put a stick in your mouth, bite down, and uh, get going." You know, like, yeah. And trying Eric, to say, like, he was gritting, gritting his way through yeah. some serious pain, but the amount of dedication it took for him to play those games really reinforces how devastating it was for him to lose that opportunity to win the cup. Oh my God. And it reinforces how he feels today. And that's why I started here saying he presented this air of peace 
but he is not at peace with what has happened with his career here. And it's, this is the last way he would have wanted it to end. And he is not giving up this faint hope that we all know. It's yeah. If you had to handicap it, what does he have a 5% chance of coming back given the roadmap that he just put out for us, that he's got to wait a year to feel normal and then he can get back to training. And then if he gets back to training, he'll decide then if it'll be possible for him to get up and down in a butterfly position. I mean, yeah. just think about what he went through in 2021 and the pain that yeah. that came with. And you know how unresolved he feels about And Eric, all- you know, without uh, knowing all the details, and I don't want to and I don't need to, I think it's no coincidence that very unfortunately he entered the players assistance program coming off of that 2021 playoff, right? So yeah, there's I won't, there's a, I won't speculate on that for no, sure. But there's but a, there's a, what I'm trying to say. There's a lot it, to deal with, and obviously he took yeah. it very, very, very badly. I mean, could you yeah. you know you you know he talked about playing hockey ever and and the pain ever since he's eight years old. I you know we can't imagine the work and the 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 the, the, the miles the games, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the pain, the injuries, the recovery, the, the trainings, the, everything, uh, you know, the, 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 the pressure, everything that goes with it, the, the, the accumulation and you get there where, you know, not everyone makes it to a Stanley cup final to have a loser in the final. Man, that is some people just can't get over stuff and like to, that. And to go through it twice, so like, first of all, knowing what kind of pain he played through and the amount of times that he was hurt and kept going, you know, is certainly put some of the damage that's been done that he continues to live with into context. Uh, Twenty fourteen, the run where he gets run by Kreider, you know, we can talk about that till we're blue in the face. He yeah. stayed in. He stayed in the game for some reason. Um, I will tell you this too, and speaking with Brendan, who said, you know, if he's healthy there, we're, we was pretty confident we were making a run all the way. Brendan said that Price had told them if they could come back against the Rangers and push it to game seven, he'd be, he'd be in the net. And just knowing that is insane, knowing what the injury was that he had. Like uh, he, he, his knee was destroyed after that collision, and he was preparing to play. Yeah, uh, game seven. If the Canadians could have pushed, it's funny. The it's funny you say that, Eric. Six, so. Funny you say that because I remember that day like it was yesterday, and somebody internally told me he's gonna play, and then they had that presser announcing that he was out long term. But it, it all makes sense now because he well, was he gonna, his teammates. He, he was gonna his play that game. He was, gonna, he was gonna play it. Yeah, he was gonna play it. And, and so uh, when people when people say, okay, you know, he's not leaving the money on the table, and oh, he's just he's like Scrooge McDuck diving into the the coins, like yeah, take a pill. It's, that's not exactly who Carey Price is. Yeah, no, no, I uh, I definitely hear you. All right, okay, so look, I, I think we've had a, a a great discussion. I think Brendan Gallagher brought up a, a a real solid point, and there's, you know, I saw when you posted that today on your Twitter. And you could follow Eric at Eric Engels that a lot of people commented it. And they said that Brendan Gallagher got it right. He was spot on. I look, I, I, I said a story. I remember. So my, my birthday is November 23rd. And I believe one year uh, on my birthday, there was a game. Sid, the kid was in town versus the Canadians. And uh, a good buddy of mine, who I believe is a buddy of yours, Andy Kirstein. Sure. Yeah. Gave me his tickets 
up against the glass that game. I believe it was I believe it was Andy, if memory serves me well, because he's given me a couple of tickets. And if it wasn't Andy and if it was someone else and I forgot who else came to me, I'm sorry. But anyway, long story. Not only something Andy would do, very generous. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to watch the game. It was the first time I'd ever been along along the 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 glass. And um so even though I said I don't go to watch goalies, on that night, I wanted to watch Price so I could try to understand why people went to watch him because I know that there were people that went to watch Price. And I said, okay, let me do this. Let me watch him. And even though Sid the Kid was playing, I watched Carey Price from start to finish. And on that night, I believe the Canadians won by a score of three to two. If memory serves me well, but anyway, maybe they didn't, um, because I don't remember what I had for supper last night. But I remember leaving the building. You just remember the shot count in overtime in Game Six. I, yeah, I remember leaving the building, saying it's hard to imagine a more technical goaltender than Carey Price, whose technique that night was like one of the most flawless things I've ever seen in my life. His lateral movement like never took him out of his net. It was going from post to post to post. He wasn't giving anything, a little bit of the top of the net, and if he was giving you five hole, he'd later take it away. And I remember leaving saying the kind of game that Price had in goal was equivalent to a player scoring a hat trick in a game. So that night, I have to tell you, I was really impressed. I know there's been more than one very impressive game. But I've always been, like I said, a guy that likes goal scorers. But when Brendan gave his comment today, I understood it. I still didn't think it was reason enough to retire the jersey. But I understood his comment. And I understand those who think it's worthy of being retired because he was a must-see player. And you have to understand the generation too, right? Like it's been 30 years since the Canadians won a Stanley Cup. And part of that is roster construction. The other part of it is the economics and the salary cap dimension and the Canadian dollar towards the back end of the 90s. And there's just a a number of factors in terms of why not just the Canadians haven't won one in 30 years, but no Canadian team has. Um, And when you look at Carey Price's years here, uh, it's not, it's like, Nothing to do with him that they weren't able to do it. If anything, he gave them a chance to do it on a couple of occasions with teams that basically, you know, I think 2014, they had a really strong team. Would anybody yeah. have considered them a yes favorite? Yes and no. I don't think so. Like, would they, would they have been considered a contender? Probably on the mild side. I'll tell you one thing. You know, you're can, talking can about I, Eric, Eric, can yeah. I say yes and no? Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, it is. Yes and no. There because were times what you just he, said. What you yeah. just said. Pardon me. You said uh, he did everything he could have to uh, uh, make them try to win a Stanley Cup. He made a lot and of bad teams better. Let's put it that way. You're one hundred percent right. You know where my no comes from? I don't think at the time he took a discount so that there was room for other players to get some money, like. Sid the kid took a discount at 8.7. Yeah. Carrie did Carrie didn't take a discount at 10.5. Eric, you, didn't. A, you know what? That's didn't. a discussion we should have on another day because I I would I would debate you on that one. You th- um, well, you think he took a discount at 10.5? I, I, I can't like I don't want to 
there's too many points to make in order to justify what I'm saying. But here, here in that contract, there was no question about it. Oh, I, I didn't say he didn't. And if, let's put it this way. If he didn't give them a discount, and if Mark Bergevin didn't step up and give him that contract after he won all those awards, um, and he goes to free market, I bet you he ends up with a con. And we'll never know. He would end up with a contract that was worth more than that. Well, well, like you said, we'll never know. What we did know is there was no one at the time of that was a goalie that had a contract that had a contract anywhere close to that. You talked a lot and- about. You talked a lot about watching Carey Price and having that opportunity to kind of see how good he was technically yep. from up close against the glass. You know, yep. I consider myself pretty fortunate because in addition to covering his entire career, I watched him practice on a daily basis, which was a ridiculous thing. Um, and one of the most fun things ever was a discussion I had with Carey Price about how much the game has changed. And I did an article for Sportsnet, and I can't remember what year it was now. It was probably around the time when he had won all those trophies, 2014, 2015, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, I did a piece talking to him and Dominic Hasek about how differently they played the position because Hasek was a goalie who could show you five pull and take it away and he could show you blocker and all of a sudden stack the pads or he could do those types of things. And I remember talking to Kerry about it and saying, like, you don't really do that and, and I don't know if you can. And he said, I can't. And it was interesting hearing him say that he couldn't because I think we all know that one of Kerry's strengths is his ability to read the play. Um, that was one of the, the biggest strengths of his game in addition mm-hmm. to the technical elements, which is what made him the best of his generation, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Vasilevsky in the later half of it, you'd give the mantle to him. But, you know, was Henrik Lundqvist on the same level as Price? You know, maybe at times, but not necessarily throughout both their careers. I thought Kerry... At their, if I was looking at both goalies in their peak, I'd take Carey over Lundqvist nine times out of ten. Um, and I love Lundqvist. I thought he was great. And he totally played the position in a very different way than Carey did. But what was interesting was listening to Carey say, I can't cheat. Like, I cannot cheat out there. If I cheat out there, I don't play in the same NHL that Dominic Hasek played in. Nowadays, third, fourth liner shoot as well as top six guys. And everybody's got a shot. And the minute you start guessing is the minute you're screwed. And it, it was interesting for me to hear that because as the mm-hmm. years went on and he had a couple of rocky starts, you know, it was 2016 or 17. I can't remember now where he, he went the month of November looking like uh, nothing like Carey Price. I mean, he looked mm-hmm. like a goalie who'd forgotten how to play hockey. And I could tell that what the problems were emanating from him anticipating too much and guessing too much and getting beat. And, and moving around to a degree that was not typical of, of Price, who's usually, you can tell he's on when he's not moving much at all and he's just waiting for the play to come to him and mm-hmm. saves look easy and they're hitting him in the chest and people say, well, they're not really shooting in the places and that's not, that's him being so positionally good that he's making those shots hit him in the chest. So, like, mm-hmm. it was just so interesting talking to him and, and so interesting at times where he was one of the, the least sought after players in the dressing room to talk to. There was a lot of times where I went in there and, and had a conversation with him that I came away saying, wow, like this is some interesting stuff from him. And I, I'm going to miss those conversations if we don't get to resume them. He's a pretty cool guy. He really is. I always liked him personally, to tell you the truth. Now, Sandro Da Vinci says, Tony, did you take a discount? Yes, yeah, Sandro. As a matter of fact, I did. Okay. 
So uh, do, do you want to know how much of a discount that I took? Well, I took it for about 15 years. I worked post-game shows where I left my house at 6 o'clock to get to a studio for around 6.20 or 6.30 to watch a game at around 7 o'clock. I watched that game from 7 o'clock to about 9.30. I did a post-game show until midnight. So I basically took it myself away from my family from about 6.30 Till about 12.30. I did it for under minimum wage. I worked for pretty much minimum wage. Most of my salary actually came from advertisers for the longest time. So, yes, to answer your question, Sandro, yes, I took a discount. And every now and then I was asked to fill in for someone or work an emergency show on a weekend. And I never sent in a bill. And I did it for free. I did it for the love of the game and for the love of the listeners. So, Sandro, uh, who asked the questions, Tony, did you take a discount and asked it? As if I didn't, yes, Sandro, I can guarantee you that I took a discount more than once. You, let me ask you a question, Tony. Yes. This just popped in my head. But it's okay ball. because, I mean, I'm I love doing what I do. Tangent. I love doing what I do. Um, this is a question that's popping in my head, and I wonder if the fans would think about it this way. But Go for it, Eric. This is your show. <laughs> no, it's as, listen, it's as much your show as it is my show. Carrie Price, Price, admittedly, has been in chronic pain. For years now, chronic pain means you're getting up every single day. Yeah, throughout your day, you're in pain. I don't envy that, man. You think you'd give up thirty-one million bucks to be out of it? Well, that's a personal question that considering, only he knows. No, considering, considering what he already yeah. has in the bank, yeah, the life that he has, you think he'd give up that thirty-one million dollars owed to him if tomorrow he woke up? So I'll say this. Totally pain-free. So I'll say this. Only he knows the answer to that, but I'm going to tell you this. Um, suffering from concussions the way I have over the last, and the symptoms over the last five years, if price is $31 million, if that equivalency for me is a million dollars, and you're asking me, Tony, would you give up a million off your salary so that you wouldn't have had to deal with any of these concussion symptoms for the last five years? I would say, yes, Eric, I definitely would. I would want to be pain-free. So I would, you know, without knowing, I'd be probably be willing to bet that, yes, he just wants to be pain-free. You just got to think about what these guys go through. Like, these guys deal with chronic pain, and, and Paul Byron did it for years, and Brennan Gallagher has done it for years, and Sean Monaghan before coming yeah. to Canadians and getting two hip surgeries and playing yeah. through broken ribs last year. Yeah, did it for years and and i gotta tell you walking into the room now seeing the smile on sean monahan's face to be pain free um i i think he'd be playing for free this year with with the yeah. way he feels like honestly so yes they're not giving back the money that's that they've earned and he's not walking away from the money that's owed to him but if you really think about it yeah he doesn't, he doesn't need that money to sustain the lifestyle that he has even if he's 35 and won't earn anything near that once his career is finally over yeah but man you got to think about what this guy would give up to wake up tomorrow morning yeah. have zero pain carrying his kids up the stairs and down the yeah. stairs and be able to oh all of a sudden show up to the rink put his pads on get on the ice with his friends and do what he's always done and yeah what, he said is a huge part of his identity. Yeah. Um, I don't think people think about these things. I think we live in a world, to be honest with you, where mm-hmm. empathy is lacking, and especially for people that live in a privileged existence, right? We look yeah. at hockey players, they make millions of dollars, and it's all glamorous and glorious. Yeah. Um, but we don't think about the pain and, and price himself. Yeah. Uh, his own words today said, this is the cost that we pay. 
Yeah. This, this is the you, cost. You know when money it. comes in handy, Eric? If that $31 million owing, uh, which you end up clearing, let's just say 17 or whatever it is, okay? If you could take a million dollars out of that and it can cure all your problems and all your injuries and, and all your pains, then that money comes in handy. But yeah. when that money, even the best doctor and even the best treatment can't... Which he has access to. Which he has access to. Can't alleviate that pain? Well, then that money's not worth anything at that point. Yeah, you know? at, least not, at least not in that aspect. But Not the point, in that aspect. The real, that point, aspect. the real point is like chronic pain to live with that on a daily basis. So there's a lot of people out there that are very fortunate to have not experienced it. And there's a lot of people who have yeah. never broken a bone. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm knocking on wood for those people right now. I hope they never experience it. I broke my leg yeah. uh, um, five years ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the rest of your body compensates for that injury. And then you have other problems. Yeah. It's, it's like the piece I did on Gallagher at the beginning of the year. He had a hip yeah. tear that turned into a psoas strain in his back and a groin injuries yeah. and all kinds of stuff because he's compensating with every other element. So it's just, I would not want anybody yeah. to have to live through that type of pain and how much money you make doesn't make up for what it's like to live with that on a daily basis and what you're like personally, how it affects you mentally and physically, emotionally, when you've got to be a dad of, and a husband and, and, Money doesn't cure everything. It doesn't solve everything. It doesn't buy you love, as Paul McCartney would say. And look, it's 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 great that he has it and he earned it. You know, this was his career and this was his livelihood. That money is a direct relation to the money that he earned for the franchise. That is how the salary cap works. The players get fifty percent of the revenue share. Mm -hmm. So you know, this is uh, this is what it is. And and I. I hope people are able to have a bit of empathy, even for someone as privileged as Carey Price, to understand yeah. he's been through something and he's going through something. And he looked at peace today, but he's not really at peace. And I hope he finds peace. Health before money, any day of the week and twice on Sunday. You're right about that, Eric. If you're loving the podcast right now, comment SICK, S-I-C-K, whether it's on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitter. And if you're going to... Where can I comment? Yeah. Where can <laughs> I do it? Uh, you can you can do it whenever you want, Eric. And if you're listening on you on uh, Sp uh, Spotify or Google or Apple, uh, if you can leave us a five star review, that'd be awesome, Eric. Uh, I took up so much of your time. Uh, a quick note on um, on uh, Slavkovsky. What are you hearing? Not much. I mean, there was some speculation that it could be his wrist. Um, that's what I was thinking as he had that kind of awkward collision with Josh Brown. Um, yeah, you know, before scoring that goal, I don't know if it's all that serious but the fact that he's having tests uh done would would suggest that it's not going to be necessarily a day-to-day -day thing even though mm -hmm. he's listed as day-to-day -day. you know you could see him on the ir for a couple weeks but hey yola armia is coming back from a hand injury and yeah they've got a lot of forwards and this buys them time and i don't think it hurts slavkovsky all that much provided yeah. he's not in too much physical pain and hopefully he gets back at 100 percent when he does and he'll be good what a great chat we had on Carey Price, eh? Like not like not one way, not the other. Just kind of like just it was. I think we touched on everything. I think it was awesome. I think it was awesome. He he, he gave us some tremendous material. Like I said, I I yeah. can't remember 
walking out of a press conference feeling like I've been to a better one in 15 years. And that's saying something considering that it was Price who typically doesn't say much of anything. Um, You know, just his demeanor and what he said was profound. And I thought the questions, again, I I congratulate the fellow journalists in the room. Um, The questions were all pointed and excellent. So it was really, to me, you know, this is kind of the fun part of the job for me. People always ask me, what what do you love about the job? And I said, I love days like this, no matter how difficult the subject matter. And, and I thought it was fascinating. It was fun talking about it with you, too. All right, Eric. Thanks so much. I thought you were pointed and excellent as well tonight. Thanks so much. And enjoy the hockey game tomorrow night against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, I have one eye on the scores here. And I got to tell you that the uh, in the National Football League, the Chicago Bears are giving it to New England Patriots 33-14. to 14. Jeez. It's three days. I can't get a winner if my life depended on it. But anyway, uh, hopefully we get one tomorrow night with the hockey. And we'll talk to you soon, Eric. Take care. All right. Thank you. Uh, Seeing as, you know, this is uh, a podcast that uh, is Montreal Canadiens heavy, but we also told you that we'll touch on the Montreal Louettes. We'll touch on CF Montreal. We'll touch on Montreal sports and amateur athletes from La Belle Province. I think the other big news, of course, coming out today is what's going to happen with Wilfred Nancy. And we're going to find out more tomorrow because, Tomorrow, CF Montreal will have their uh, exit interviews and and press conference, and some players will be available to the media, and so will head coach Wilfred Nancy, and so will sporting director Olivier Renard. That will get started at around 2 p.m., and for those who missed it, of course, CF Montreal yesterday played at Stade Saputo. It was a 1 p.m. game, and they hosted the visiting MLS Cup champions, New York City FC, and New York City FC... Uh, was very opportunistic. They got a goal by Maxi Morales about six minutes in. They got one at the 45-minute mark right before the whistle went off to call halftime. And they got one in the second half on a penalty kick. And Montreal was able to draw one back on a header by Georgi Mihailovic. But the story of this game was a nervous CF Montreal side for probably the first 10 or 12 minutes of the game. And then at one point, they started to pour it on, but they just couldn't beat the New York City FC goalkeeper for a while. And, um, you know, New York City FC had a couple of one-twos and a couple of passes that Montreal had some wrong reads. It was a wrong read by Kamal Miller. It was a wrong read by Rudy Camacho. James Pantemis probably should have stayed in his net in goal number one. And then Ishmael Kone, who was excellent up until he lost the ball in the midfield, right before halftime, and a counterattack the other way makes it 2-0 for New York City FC. And then Kone in the second half, very unfortunately, loses the ball again, and New York City comes down, and they enter the box, and James Pantemis comes out to try and break it up. He dives, clips the player, and then there's a penalty kick for New York City FC. They take the penalty kick, they score that, they go up 3-0. Mihailovic narrows the lead to 3-1, but that's the way it ended. A Montreal team that had, what, their last six or seven games had sellouts of 19,619. A lot of people thought that this was the year that they could go all the way. They had the third best record in all of MLS. And we know that Mihailovic was sold to a team in Holland. We know that Ishmael Kone is going to be sold when the window opens up in January And uh, we also know that Victor Wanyama, they're not going to pay him the money they have as a DP over the last couple of years. And it looks like he's going to be gone too. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe Alistair Johnston gets sold. Maybe Kamal Miller gets sold. Maybe they don't. 
but it looks like they're going to lose at least three key pieces. And then there's the story of Wilfred Nancy, who led this team to such a fantastic season, and they played fantastic soccer, some of the best soccer in the entire MLS. The players absolutely love these this guy. Rudy Camacho came out today and said he's the best coach that he ever played for. Uh, this is the, the year where this team broke a lot of records. And um, Wilfred Nancy has an option year left, but if his heart's not in it and he wants to leave, because let's just say he probably would like to make more money. The way players like to make more money when they're coming off a great year, you would think a coach would as well. He's been here, part of the staff, uh, grew within the academy, then uh, was an assistant under several coaches, has been here for like nine or 10 years or whatever it is. And, you know, this is his time to strike while the iron is hot. And without knowing his salary, I'd be willing to guess that there are other teams in Europe and there are other teams in MLS that probably would be even willing to quadruple his salary and maybe even more. And that's a huge temptation. So now if um, nothing happens there and he wants to walk and let's just say CF Montreal receives some kind of compensation in return for letting him walk, knowing that they hold the option, then you kind of got to start all over again. What they've been able to accomplish in being kind of a development team and buying players for very little or almost nothing, picking them up on free transfers or using GAM and TAM money of the MLS to acquire these players and then end up selling them and the, and the, the, the club making a lot of money. Doing that and having that kind of model and being a very competitive team at the same time, they were the third best team in the regular season, that is extremely, extremely hard to accomplish. And if the coach leaves, Another coach has to come in, and is that coach going to be familiar with the city, with the staff, with the culture, with the team, with the owner, with the president, with the sporting director? Are they going to play the same way? Is he going to be the only one who comes over? Is he going to bring an entire staff with him? Are the players going to want to play as hard for him as they did with this manager right now? It's a very touchy situation, and I hope whichever way it's going to go that they're going to end up making the right move here because this is a very critical point in my opinion, in the history of this franchise. Why? Because we saw now that this fan base supports this team very much when one or two things happen. Either A, they go out and get a star, which is what they did when they went out and they got Drogba, and or B, they have a very competitive team, a team that gives the fans a lot of hope, a team that fans think can go all the way. If they don't have a star and they're not a competitive team, well, then it's no longer going to be a sellout. Unfortunately, the stadium risks being half empty again. And I don't want that to happen because I want Montreal to be more than just a Montreal Canadian city. I want it to be a CF Montreal city. I want it to be a Montreal Alouette city. I want it to be a boxing city. One day, I'd love for it to be a basketball city. We see the buzz is already here. I'd love it if they'd be able to bring a basketball team here. I'd love it to be able to be a baseball city if they want to bring it back, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. We need to start supporting our teams before we end up losing them the way we lost the Expos. That's it for me. I'm Marinaro. I said what I had to say. Tomorrow is game day. The Canadians will host the Minnesota Wild. And tomorrow we're going to hear from CF Montreal's once again 
Olivier Renard, Wilfred Nancy, and a couple of players. Tell your friends about the sick podcast. Say you have to watch this guy. He's a pretty sick host. It's a pretty sick podcast. And at no point today did I go back to Master Control to check in with Agnello and Sammy. So before I break away, why don't I do that now? Because I know a lot of people would like for me to say hello. Hey, buddy. How's it going, Tony? Good. How are you? Excellent, man. I was a great show. Great show. Yeah, you think so? It was awesome show. Thank you. I appreciate that. We're going to do it all over again tomorrow night, same time, same place? Yep, and we'll take some calls tomorrow night right after the game as well. We will take calls tomorrow night, and I expect after, you know, as is custom, after every hockey game, the phones line, the phone lines light up and people start calling, and I'm going to try and get to as many calls as possible tomorrow. Sammy, yeah. who loves you? You. Correct. <laughs> when you sell this company for millions, don't forget that. I won't. Uh, you won't? No. Say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. Hey, tell them, I'm Marinero. Tell them. Say, he's Marinero. He's Marinero. I love you, buddy. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. And I love you all. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Sammy Cavallaro, Agnello Cavallaro, and, of course, I'm Marinero. Good night, everyone. Bonne soirée. Bonne nuit. Bonne notte a tutti. I love you all. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.